Hello, everyone. I'm Alex Sakaguchi, and you're listening to the Voice of Veritas podcast, where we dig into the truth in information. We're here at Veritas Vision 2017, and I'm joined by two distinguished guests from our product management and engineering teams, uh, Lisa and Neil. So why don't you give yourselves an introduction, please? Lisa, start with you. Thanks, Alex. My name is Lisa Erickson, and I lead the product management team for an offering called Veritas Resiliency Platform. Thanks, Alex. Uh, this is Neil Panchaksharam. I lead the VRP Engineering Organization. Awesome. So thank you. I know you guys are both very busy this week at, uh, at Vision with sessions. In fact, you just got done with a session, right? That's right. Maximizing uptime in the multi-cloud. So why don't you give us an overview of, uh, of sort of the content? What did you talk about in this session? Yeah, I think maybe the context we set up front is, is most important before we start getting into the solution. And that context is really the following. Our customers are telling us that their uptime needs are getting uh, more stringent. Uh, they're going from, yeah, just two nines, three nines to needing four nines. And that becomes even harder when adopting not just a single cloud, but multiple clouds. The cost of downtime um, is high. On average, we've learned it's around $300,000 per hour for a typical incident for our enterprise customers. And that can um, range you know, lower and higher. And that finally, the promise of cloud, which is to get some better uptime, is not always true. And we've learned from our customers that about 40% of them have actually experienced a cloud outage. And with that, our session was about really practices on helping them achieve better uptime leveraging the cloud. So I think we, I think we need to be, well, maybe I need to be a little careful because I think you're, you're highlighting some pretty, maybe not well understood things yeah. that could potentially be controversial. Sure. So I think a lot of folks, and, and certainly we've heard this this week, Everybody's going to the cloud. Uh, in many cases, they're going to the cloud without maybe fully considering the implications, right? I think that's where we're, where we're headed. Uh, one of those might be how to ensure the uptime of their businesses. That's correct. And as they spread their infrastructure across multiple clouds, that gets more complex, right? So, um, but I think you're hitting on something that could be, and I'd like to discuss this further. Sure. Right, you're, 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 you're essentially saying that maybe what you think is actually going to be you know, a certain level of uptime or resiliency in the cloud is maybe not what you expected. Can you dive further into that, into the cloud? What do you mean? Yeah, so let's think about infrastructure as a service with the cloud first, right? Um, and of course, the providers will give you a service level objective associated with that you, you know, usually around the three, three nines. But that's really saying, I'm going to help keep the compute instance available. I'm going to help keep the storage available. I'm going to help keep the network available. What it doesn't account for is what is the application doing that's running across that. Like, they're not going to guarantee that your application that might span um, multiple systems, multiple types of storage is going to be up and available. So that's the part of the complexity. And then the other thing is, is that there are cloud outages. Right, and we've seen some of those. And um, look, we work with all of the the cloud providers, so we all want them to do well. But those do happen. So in that case, what is your backup plan? I don't literally mean backup and recovery plan, but what is your plan if that does happen? Um, so it's those two things, really: the business services, um, and then when when the outage does happen, what do you do? 
Yeah, with a lot of cloud adoption going on, you can see some similarities with what went on with the virtualization. Right? People used to equate VM being up being same as application being up. And when you say cloud is being up, what does it mean? Does it mean your service is actually up? So what is the gap? Do customers really understand when they're talking about cloud migration? Do they understand the risks and what does it mean for infrastructure versus the application? And it actually gets compounded when you're talking about multiple clouds because these clouds are different, right? The technologies are different. The assumptions that you can make about these clouds are different. And we are hearing from our customers that vast majority of them are considering multi-cloud as part of their strategy, right? So helping them cope with the, um, the resiliency needs in such an environment was the topic of our discussion. So I, th I think... Um I think you touched on something that I want to expand on a little bit. This idea of kind of the access or the availability of the system, but not necessarily the application that's running on it, right? I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna try to dumb this down a little bit because um, that's just the way my brain works. So if I was standing up in a, in a session, let's say I just got a session like you guys just did, and I have my laptop connected to the projector and the projector's you know, shooting my keynote or PowerPoint presentation up on the screen and I go to advance a slide, right? And I get the spinning beach ball of death or it's <laughs> frozen for you know whatever reason, I can't advance the slide. My computer is technically still on. All the hardware is operating just as, uh, as it should be, but in that moment, my presentation is not working, exactly. right? Is that kind of what you're saying? Like oh, that happens? That's a great right? example. And that, and that obviously still happens it's just because you're in the cloud doesn't make make you immune to that. But there's another thing, like you, you're not suggesting that customers don't go to the cloud because of that, right? Absolutely not. So take me through that. Like you wanna, I think what you're saying is you actually wanna accelerate it, but you wanna give them the tools that they need to make sure, right? Is that kind of what you guys are hitting on? I'll give you a chance to sort of explain that a little bit further. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, cloud you know, brings about a lot of uh, opportunities and there are also challenges. Right, and we provide the tools to help them, to help our customers migrate to the cloud, um, and deal with multiple clouds in an in a very effective way. For example, um, you know, we we talked about hey, how you can look at your workload as uh, a particular granularity, um, say a particular VM, or as an application which is a collection of VMs, or as a multi-tier application, or your entire data center. Now, when you're dealing with um, the resiliency of this, uh, any of this entity at, at uh, any particular level, how do you have visibility in totality of that particular entity? And how do you have visibility into the risks for that particular entity? How you, so once you know the risk, then you can address them. And for example, if you have set a specific service level objective, are you on track to meet that particular service level objective? And if not, what are the risks that are coming in the way? So you can address them proactively. We provide the tools. And when we talk about, for example, multi-cloud, the data formats and the different hypervisor technologies that are involved in these different clouds, they are different. How do you move from one cloud to cloud, on-prem to cloud? Right, without getting into a lot of the data conversion uh, things. As a, uh, as a tool, we provide the data, um, um, you know, the data migration in such a way that you don't have to worry about these things. Right? We take care of um, um, doing it in an optimized way, in a secure way, 
in a way that's like any to any what we call. It's independent of hypervisor technology. You can move from one to another. So these are some of the tools that uh, we could we could help with. Yeah, and just to add on to that, I mean, we don't want to cu stop customers from going to cloud, exactly like you said, Alex, which is we want to help them get there faster, be able to go between cloud, freedom of choice and all of that. And I think what Neil hit on is important because it aligns really to the three best practices we we told to the audience today, which is consider your service level objective first, which is a key best practice, and then how we map to that and help them do that. Um, the second one was consider automation. Like what Neil said, like if you're going to get to cloud fast, imagine having to move workload by workload or application by application and have to manage all those dependencies yourself. That's going to take a lot longer than if you have automation. So that's the second best practice. And then the third one is what Neil also touched on, which is designed for portability. So your resiliency tool sets, you shouldn't have to change those every time you make a different cloud choice, right? So, so choose one that allows you to go between cloud and we feel like we, we help our customers do all three of those things. That's uh, excellent. I, um, I want to press on maybe some of the comments that you folks made about customers. So, you know, Veritas customer base, I mean, we're, I mean, who are we talking, we're talking about enterprises here, right? We're talking about fairly larger organizations, very heterogeneous environments. Uh, we're not talking about small businesses here. We're solving big challenges, is that correct? That, that is correct. So we're typically talking into an enterprise kind, uh, in, uh, sorry, excuse me, an enterprise class customer um, that you know you may have hundreds, thousands of particular workloads and applications. Um, but you know, to be honest, you know, not everybody is the customer who has you know thirty-five thousand applications that you know, some of them are going to stay on-premises and get to cloud. Of course there are those, and we talk to those, and we've worked with those for years. But it could be some of the smaller environments. Um, you know, maybe I have a thousand workloads or 500 workloads. You know, our tool set easily plays there as well. So um, that's interesting that you mentioned that because you're right, there's, there's, uh, there's customers of all sizes, and being able to scale up to meet the needs of the largest organization, or the same needs that might be faced by a smaller organization is certainly a, a benefit of the solution that we're offering collectively, right? Yep. <clears throat> so, um, what about uh, what about other options for customers? Let's talk about that for a second. You guys are talking about some pretty interesting things that we're doing here, but what other options are there for the customer, and what what's differentiated about the way that we approach solving these challenges? Yeah. I'll start and then Neil, you, you add in. So um, I think if you think in the context of a multi-cloud environment, it's that whole, you know, what are the tool sets that I'm using and do I have to have multiple of them that I have to then go learn and use to get to multiple clouds, right? And so pick a cloud target and I can tell you that there's a tool for it. Does that tool then work across multiple cloud targets? Usually not. So um, you can find different things for AWS versus Azure versus Google versus OpenStack versus if you have a service provider that's running vCloud Director, different tool sets. So I, I boil down a differentiation is you're talking about a tool set that can work across all of that and in a hybrid way too and continue to manage that. So if you have on-premises uh, plus multiple clouds all, and you're going to keep both data centers on-premises and in the cloud, you have that one tool set. Yeah, it's the combination of um, 
you know, multiple things. One is like Lisa talked about how you can consistently deal with all the different cloud technologies or virtualization technologies and having the same set of user experience. Um, that, that's one. And the other thing that I talked about is that some of the tools that let you do the recovery, for example, VM level, but then that's at like one VM level and another VM level and so on. So you, you got to you got to have the flexibility to go very granularly and say, I want to recover this particular VM, but also you want the ability to collect and operate as a combined entity and also be able to operate at the entire data center level if needed. So I think these are some of the differentiated cases. You're talking about like different levels of uptime, right? An uptime of a VM, uptime of a particular service, or the uptime of the entirety of the data center, right? Um, what about what, what advice would you give organizations that maybe you know as part of their DR resiliency or uptime strategy today, they have multiple physical sites, right? And I know for a fact, just because I meet with with uh, a number of customers as well, usually in the EBC format, um, but they're looking at eliminating some of these physical data centers and then using the cloud. So what is what are some takeaways, what are some pieces of advice that you would give an organization who maybe hasn't gone down that path yet, but is looking to eliminate a standby data center uh, in favor of, let's say, a public cloud as a secondary site? So it's an excellent business strategy, but you, uh, the, the, the first thing that I would say is please translate that business strategy into a viable execution strategy. So make sure that you actually understand the applications that you need to take to, your cl to cloud and that you're actually picking the right cloud for those particular applications, whether it's one or, or many. So we, we see failures where you know, customers may go all in for a particular cloud and then they find out later that 25%, you 30% know, weren't meant for that. You can't solve for all of that up front, but having that insight into these are the applications, these are the service levels I need to achieve. Yes, that particular cloud is the right target for me um, is super important up front and mapping out those dependencies. And then don't forget the extraneous stuff, right? All the stuff that's underneath that workload. So consider your network right? Not just the application space, but consider things like your network. Also, and finally, consider how your operations will work and change. Um, that's also really important. It sounds like, it sounds like, I mean, thank you for the list, but it does, it does sound a little bit like the customer has quite a bit of upfront work to do, uh, which I think is always a smart recommendation, but is there anything that Veritas does to help them in those initial steps? There is. So our services team has put together uh, advisory services that range from uh, workshops into very deep dive uh, assessment kind of services to help customers uh, not just uh, map to their business strategy, but also map to a technical execution strategy that maps back to that business strategy for that migration. So we have those services. They've also um, got deployment services as well. So if you want to go to the next level and actually need hands-on deployment, that's available. Um, and they've done some neat things like a quick start. So if you want to start small, you could say I've got 25, 50, 75 workloads and they've bundled together. Um, it's not just software, but the services with it. So this helps our customers get on the right journey and execute against it. 
Yeah, one, once you figured out the right cloud and uh, you know, you, as you start going through the motion, one of the things that you need to do is, hey, kind of what exactly constitutes my application? And Lisa talked about uh, you know, your compute, storage, and networks. So we actually provide tools to model the, all that information so that they are captured and they are part of the migration so you don't miss out a particular element as part of the migration. And then we also provide tools to do a rehearsal before you actually migrate and say that, hey, does it really work? Right, I thought it would work, and I've captured all this information. You can try that out and you know tune it before you actually do the migration. So that's a that's an interesting point. And let me ask one final question before we wrap. Uh, I was sitting in a bunch of analyst meetings yesterday, and the topic of uh, rehearsal came up. Um, and certainly, one aspect of that is to assess whether or not that application will actually work where they intend it to, right? If they're going to fail or move this over to the cloud, they kind of want to know, and this gives them an opportunity to do that before they actually move the production workload, right? Um, but an interesting point came up was, what if it does work, but it turns out that it's just way beyond the scope of you know, the cost, for example, to actually run that in a cloud environment as well? Doesn't having the ability to rehearse not just address the fact or the issue of whether or not it will work, but how much it might cost for it to work in the, in, in the cloud as well. Did you comment on that? Yeah, you should be able to get some metrics around um, how, how the application is performing and what are the different cost elements, for example. Um, I.O., for example, storage utilization, different elements, and then that you know use that to compute uh, you know, number in terms of how much it would cost to just, just to get an idea. And uh, the way that the rehearsal works in terms of our solution set um, is, uh, they're right, it's going, or, and you're right in what you're saying, it's going to bring up compute instances, copies of storage, just put that in an isolated rehearsal network, and you could use that, as Neil is suggesting, to, to model you know, what is the cost of the real compute network and storage to run it in that particular uh, cloud without doing a failover and finding out afterwards. Right, I think, and I think that's, that's certainly helpful. I mean, the, you, you don't always, I mean, I think that's where the term, you know, 2020 is hindsight, where that situations like this are exactly where that came from, right? We thought it was going to work great, and then they got there and they're like, dang, it doesn't work like we thought it was. Uh, the benefit of using the Veritas tools is not only do they have the ability to rehearse that, but even if they did move it there and they thought it was going to be good, don't they have a way to get back as well? You want to comment on that? Yes, if, you know, things go great, you, you feel that it meets your expectations and you feel you're ready, you, you know, flip the switch and then things will migrate and start working there. Um, if you think that, yeah, it's not ready, you can actually clean up rehearsal, you can do the operations and try rehearsal again. And if you think that, no, this is not going to work, you want to just, you know, after migrating, you want to come back, that's, that's possible too. You, 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 I mean, we, we take a lot of risk and anxiety out of this. Uh, so you can actually try it and see, and then you can decide and do the right thing. All right, cool. So um, I want to thank you both, Lisa and Neil, for joining us today. I think that's it. But we do have uh, you know, a, a place that our listenership can go if they want to learn more about this Veritas Resiliency Platform technology. It's vrt.as slash vrp. It should be in the description of this podcast episode as well. So thank you very much for joining us, Lisa and Neil, and thank you to our listenership. Uh, that's it for today's Voice of Veritas podcast. 
Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.